I'll make no effort to subdue my personal opinions. I will make every effort to expose you to informed opinions that are different from my own. Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is The Accredited, and we are here to talk about our that time of year again, John. Yeah, it seems like it was yesterday when it was that time of year again. It kind of was yesterday. I feel like we always say it's that time of year again whenever the any one of the national basketball teams play, by the way. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it just it's different now because everything we always had to used to wait till summer, and now everything is going on throughout the year. Well, it's very special for you because I feel like the Basketball Federation is the one that messes with 10YS more than anyone else. Because we actually get to travel with them. Oh yeah, no, it's the most fun, and you know, for you, for you. Like, I mean, let's 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 yeah. for you. Because then the relationships you develop with FIBA and everything is like, it's you know, we're such a small country that they see. Oh, me. shut up! How many countries did you go to this summer? Only like two, three. Puerto Rico doesn't count. I always say that. I hate you. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. It's four games this time, not even two, because we're actually hosting USVI. Okay, so what we are discussing is the second window of the FIBA World Cup qualifiers for the 2019 tournament. <sighs> window one was a struggle. I mean, that's the most mild way to put it. It was a struggle for Team Bahamas. We knew it would be tough traveling to Halifax to play against Canada because, of course, you know, Canada, one of the strongest basketball programs in the region, not just in this region, but in the world. So you knew what that would present and... Obviously, it turned out kind of exactly how we thought. Canada beat the Bahamas 93-69. to I think it was worse than we expected. I didn't expect to get beat that badly. No, I kind of thought that. I thought... I didn't think it would be like that. I thought the play we, way we played in the second half would have been the way we played the entire game. That first half, we just couldn't score. First quarter. I mean, Canada, though. Yeah, but still, we couldn't... I mean, we couldn't score. Fair enough. And then, for the second game in the window, we return home. We host... USVI, which had eight players. so An, an eight-man un- roster, which they brought eight players back again this time to play in their window. And undermined USVI team, and the Bahamas loses at home 93-85. to Because we couldn't shoot the ball. We didn't. I was looking back at those stats the other day. USVI had 35 free throws. 35, and we had like 10. Of course we did. The free throw disparity was just one of the things that was disappointing. Um, we thought we had more depth than we actually did, So you ha- particularly in the backcourt. So you had, and we're going to get deeper into this later, but one of my biggest concerns was the fact that the point guard position, we couldn't shore up at all because behind LJ Rose, we had pretty much nothing. He had to go 36 minutes. Anytime, anytime he stepped out of the game, Mario Bole had to put him right back in because the team would just unravel without his presence on the floor. And that's the crazy thing. When when you think of national team, these are supposed to be your best. Of the, your backups are supposed to be just as good as your starters. It shouldn't be a fall-off point to the, where it's just like, oh, let's put the backup in, and then the team just implodes. All right, so window two for the Bahamas and for everybody in the region is this weekend. For us, Thursday night, we host the Dominican Republic. My peoples. Talk not for non-basketball reasons. This window is tougher just because you swap out the USVI for the DR. And you know, we mentioned Canada being a powerhouse in the world. The DR is a powerhouse in this region. I think there's 17th in the world. Exactly. So 
to say it'll be a challenge, I think, is putting it mildly. It's, under, it's underscoring it. No, this is gonna, it's the most diplomatic way to say yeah, we in trouble. This this is the hardest the hardest win though, definitely, because you're lacking a lot of players that we should have, which I know we'll get into to later. But it seems like everything is just rushed together this time. Like when we were dog. This is what I don't understand, and this is not. This is not a particular thing for the Basketball Federation. This ain't even taking a shot at them, but this is Bahamian sports in general. How the hell are these dates always creeping up creeping up on us, and how are we always rushing into something when we knew the dates for this thing like a year and a half ago? Like, how is it surprising us? It's like being surprised when the Super Bowl's coming, or you're shocked that Christmas is December 25th. Like, how, do we, how are we not adequately prepared for any of this stuff? The simple answer to that is we need to have... A better national program with the juniors and seniors almost mixing together so we can run the same system because the problem is we have these players come in and they're all they don't they barely know each other yeah they know each other as a person but they don't know each other on the court which is a big difference when like when canada comes down one to 36 know each other they've been playing basketball since they were 14 together us we don't we just don't have that luxury yeah, like, I could do this podcast with you, and we know how to feed off each other and how to say things, but if I do one with someone else that you just toss them together, it'll probably sound like crap. Not that we sound that great anyway, but you get the idea where I'm going with that. So, that's that's what we're facing, like you mentioned, a, a kind of thrown-together system at the last minute. We admittedly don't have our best players available, and it is the most difficult window. So... Let's get right down to the team, shall we? So, to me, this is kind of... What happened with us is kind of like what happened with the Cavs at the trade deadline. Complete roster overhaul. LeBron looked at the Cavs front office and he said, You better get him, 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 and him up out the paint. I need a whole new cast of characters. Well, that's kind of what happened with Team Bahamas. Seven new players. Seven players that did not appear in that first window will be playing in this second window. So the team, well, thir- the list of 13 that was published, um, obviously you're going to go into it with 12. So one of these players will not be there. Let's get with the, let's talk about the new guys first. Added to the roster, uh, Alonzo C.J. Hines, Leon Cooper, Shivano Cooper, Canton Smith, Eugene Bain, Jonathan Farrell, and Christopher Chicken Turnquest. Hugh Campbell, 2002 MVP. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, your returning players, of course, uh, Mike Carey, Abel Joseph, uh, Michael Furley-Bain, David Nesbitt, Keno mm-hmm. Burrows, and Robert Nortman. So, those are the players that were there. Let's look at the players that were in window one that we won't have available this time around. Um, Buddy Heal, DeAndre Aiden. No, no, no. I mean the guys that... The guys who played, yeah, yes. Yeah, the guys that played. Uh, LJ Rose. LJ Rose. Mark St. Fort. Mark, LJ Rose, Dashton Baker, Livingston Munnings, Mark St. Fort, Shaquille Clare, and Torrington Cox. So those were all the guys that we had in window one that we will not have now. So... <laughs> There's two glaring players in that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's work our way towards it. So, we mentioned Cleveland. We mentioned the complete roster overhaul. Uh, you got into it for a brief second, but I think we got to dive deeper into this now. Chemistry, continuity. How could that 
how could that be possible if you go from one window where you have this team of 12 guys and now you just return five you have a almost a complete new team so it's basically like you're starting that process of chemistry all over and you have a week to do it less than a week yeah but you it's literally like you have one week because everyone always expects okay we're gonna play let's sneak one game right that means you pretty much have a week to get your best going it's hard. You're not you're not sneaking anybody that's been preparing for this for months. Like yeah. No. Cuz you know, you know what's so funny? You would go to the the FIBA website for the region and they would have all of the rosters, right? And so you look at the Bahamas's roster and they will they will place everybody that's played in all the windows. So it's almost like a list of 30 players I think that's up there for the Bahamas, right? Canada just has the same 12. Like that's it. There's there's no turnover. There's, there's no change. There's no change. There's the same people that are gonna play. There's the same people that are gonna practice between windows, and they're going to grow together throughout this entire process. That's well. That's the point of of Canada because Canada doesn't have any NBA players right now. No, Canada is thinking they don't need any NBA players to get to America Cup or whatever the big tournament that USA is going to play. That NBA players, but at the same time, you have four or five people who have NBA experience. How many do we have with NBA experience? NPBA? <laughs> it's close. It almost sounds like NBA. So the the roster construction, I, I want to, let's jump ahead because I have who's not here. We're going to talk about that last. The roster construction for this team. Immediately what stands out to me when I look at this list is I don't know if we have enough three-point shooting on this team. Everybody knows, even... Even NBA players know. The Americans know. You play in the FIBA system, you have to have shooters. And they realized that after their 2004 Olympics when they got ran out of the gym because all they had was athleticism. What's the common calling card for all, not just Bahamian basketball players, but you scout any Bahamian athlete in general. They could jump high, they could run fast. Huge upside with your athleticism, but we can't shoot the ball. I don't see where the three-point shooting is going to come from on this team. Well, I would say that bringing Cantuan is a big plus for the team. Absolutely. I'm so happy that he's on this team. And I'm actually like the uh, Leon Cooper bringing him back because he could actually shoot the ball as well. And he could create his own shot off the dribble. And he's savvy. Like, he knows how to play at this level. Some people get in there and don't really know that this level is a completely different level that you play. He would have been a great compliment to LJ Rose. No, he would have. I, I really think that if Kentuan... I personally, I think if Cantuan was here, we would have beat USVI because we would have had someone who could shoot the ball because what USVI was doing was they was they looked at Shaq and they said, we're going to put three on him. Y'all beat us from the outside and we couldn't hit our shots. Let's talk about what we what we lost from the first window because Shaq was great in, in both those games. He went for 18 and 8 against USVI. Uh, I think he had 12 against, against Canada. I, I almost want to count the game against Canada as a wash because you can't really judge you can't really judge much of anything when you're losing by 25 points, 30 points for most of the game, but he had a great game against USVI. He was the focal point of the offense. He went for 18 and 8, so you lose that. LJ Rose was fantastic in both of those games. He- yeah, no. If anyone thinks that LJ can't play, did turn the ball over no, let, no. Let, let me just let me just run through his numbers real quick, and you tell me if there's anyone else on this roster that are capable that is capable of putting up numbers like this. So 
against Canada, he has eight points, eight boards. Sorry, eight points, eight assists, seven boards. Led the team in rebounds, by the way, from the point guard position playing against Canada. And he follows that up against the USVI, nine points, ten assists, five boards. He almost had two triple doubles, pretty much. Nobody else on the team had more than two assists. He had ten against USVI. Shot 36% from the field. The only players that actually shot a better percentage than him were your bigs. That was Keno and Shaq. And Shaq. And Keno was great against USVI. He also went for 18, and he shot 7 for 11 from the field. But right away, you see, by losing LJ and losing Shaq... You're losing 20 points pretty much again. You lose two starters, and not just the points that they score, but LJ does so much in terms of distributing the ball. He does so much in terms of being... He averaged 9 assists a game, so that's 18 points right there. Of being a calming presence on the floor. Because we mentioned this. There was a point when the Bahamas was up by 8 in the third quarter against USVI. LJ sat for like two minutes. I think Baker came in at the point guard spot. Three turnovers right away. USVI right back into the and game. And it wasn't just that they hit two points. They hit threes. They had like two threes. And it, it was tied in the blink of the eye. Like, bam. Because, you, I mean, I'm not, not to disrespect anybody's craft, but you have someone like LJ Rose that played Division One basketball at three different universities who played at the top level of USA basketball. You, I mean, there are certain things, and I under, I understand what, what people talk about when they talk about a selection process, and it's difficult, but I feel like when you come in with that kind of resume, with those bona fides, like, that should just vault you to the front of the you line. See, you know like, what I think the problem is? People think of NBA and basketball being flashy. LJ isn't a flashy player. LJ is a player that gets it done. There's a difference. And everyone hears about LJ. It's like, oh, LJ, this and this. You know, he played. They're expecting him to do, like, crossovers. And it's just like, no, that's not LJ's game. He's not going to be Kyrie Irving. No, LJ's game is he controls the, f- the floor. He's able to dish the ball to the open person. But he's a 6'4 guard. Like, one thing I like is, pause, big guards. Yeah, um, good pause right there. Like, you put LJ in there. You got Mike. You could have a lineup of six foot five and above. So, so I guess now just looking at the at the roster construction, and we're gonna speculate on who we think the starters are gonna be. So instead of playing Mike at the two, possibly at at three now, Mike is going to have to assume he's point one. guard duties. No, yeah, he's definitely one. He's a point guard now. I don't know if I like that. I don't mind it. I honestly thought that. Mike should have been the backup point guard. I like him. I like him playing point guard in spots. I feel like he's going to have to be so much of a distributor. I would prefer him playing off the ball. But I also do think, and this is just knowing Mike, I think Mike is excited to do it because I feel his prospects might go up. So he's going to try to do his best. He's going to like take it to another level because I think he feels that he could play for another contract type thing. In this window, especially with Canada and Dominican Republic. Okay, so while since we're talking about, we talked about LJ and now we're talking about Mike. Not a great game against the USVI. No, it was it was disappointing, and I think he'll even admit that he shot two for eleven from the field. We, you you ex, you expect a lot better from you expect a lot better from him, and he will have to play better for this team to have. A legitimate chance at any against any one of these powerhouses. Mike has to score twelve points minimum. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say what a what a strange target for you to put up. 
Yeah, 12 points. Like, he he has to shoot... 12 points is shooting 6 for whatever from the field, pretty much. You got to make six shots. So you know what you're going to get from, from Leon. He's he's going to be good in that I think Leon's going to be great off the bench. He's, like He's going to be good in that athletic. Reserve, reserve role. You got to remember, he scored 20 points when we were in Panama against Mexico, um, against USVI. You went to the games? In Panama? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I worked. Oh. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Okay. It's only two or three hours you have to take out your day. Mm. But, um, yeah, say, no. Say less. He, um... He's athletic, he's smart, and the thing is, he could also shoot the ball. And so, also in the backcourt, uh, you got Furley Bain, you know what he's going to provide. He's going to provide defensive intensity, Uh, he gets in the passing lanes, really athletic. Well, him and CJ are almost the same player. Really? Yeah. When it comes to I, I, you're going to disagree wholeheartedly. I I will disagree wholeheartedly. But I believe that they are... I, Om- I almost think, the same player with with the grittiness. I mean, I think Furley would pass the ball if someone is open, but okay. Yeah, no, I, I I get that, but I also think that. I guess I don't know what it was. I guess the coaching staff was just looking for like, hey, we need gritty and someone who's gonna foul and see, almost the, get in a fight type thing. See, this is my problem. <laughs> what I just saying. This is this is kind of the problem that I have with with our selection process, and you're more privy to a lot of this stuff than I am because you're an insider with this kind of thing. At what point do we actually move on from a lot of this? I feel like we've been hearing the same exact names playing in this thing, playing in these various tournaments for the past 10, 15 years. At what point do we move on? Now, I understand in this window we can't get a lot of the the NCAA players. And the list of NCAA players that we have, particularly at the guard spots, we know we have DeAndre Ayton, right? But that's what we're missing, the guard play. And we have so many of them in the NCAA, but we know we can't get to them right now. And you and I have talked about this many times. Why would you not put someone like Franco Miller, who's in prep school, why would you not put him on this roster? I was talking to um, someone very close to the situation Insi- on the national insider team. Insider information. Get your Brian Windhorse on, John. And, um, Spit your bona fides. It, it was brought up... Um, we were talking and it was more like, you know what this team's missing? And pretty much at the same time, we said Franco's name. There's n- they said Franco would have been down yesterday. He would have come yesterday or today if, if they would have picked him for the window. I do know they submitted his name on the list of 24. Yeah, because his, his name appears there on the website. Yeah. So the whole thing is they wanted, I think, even th- there's a veteran you could take off this team. That you could put Franco, who would probably do more, but the experience would just be tremendous for him. That's my thing, and and I think you have to you have to look at these things long term because I remember Carl Towns was playing, and not to compare, I know he's not Carl Towns, but he was playing for the DR senior team when he was 16 years old. But think about this: when we went to Canada, Franco lives in Canada. You could have easily just said, "Franco, you're on the team. You're gonna jump on the plane with us from Toronto to Halifax." Whatever, so you're not even paying. Like I, I wouldn't even have cared if he didn't practice because if you're getting beat by 30 points against Canada, throw him in the game and he gets his experience. You have somebody that's going to develop possibly into, uh, I mean, by our standards, he's probably going to develop into a, a top tier D1 point guard. He has offers from at least five or six Division One schools right now. Oklahoma's one, Kansas one, how, Wyoming. 
how would you why would you not have somebody like that be a part of this national team experience but you continuously bring back names that we've seen before and we know exactly what we're going to get like at at some point we have to be progressive in our thinking and our selection process and i, always I don't think, feel like we're there i think one roster spot should always be held for a junior player if not young player type thing that's what i'm saying he's not even technically a junior player because no. he's in prep school it's but i also like think the list of 24 should have four junior players nominated on it every time because i always tell people if you nominate and one of my things was nominate sammy hunter nominate him why because colleges are going to look at the list of 24 of bahamas because scouts always look and they're going to ask why did they put sammy on this list of 24 now i have to go look for, so that's going to help him not only development for the Bahamas team is going to help them develop for college. And just looking at this roster, there's only one player with Sammy's size, pause, and skill set, and he's another Kentuan Smith. I think he's that kind of player, and I don't see anybody else on this list that's like that. The same person asked me about um, Sammy, and I said, Sammy isn't ready to play. Sammy is ready to practice with the team. I think Franco right now could step in and play and and be a contributor. Absolutely. Sammy, to me, I think he's a year away from being on this national team. You got to say a year away from a year away. No, I think he's a year away. Last year, he was a year away from being a year away. When I saw him at um, Central in the junior level, but I just think he has to develop his footwork a little bit more and get a little higher motor, and then he'll be perfect for the team. Because, like you say, that's a Cantuan Smith right there who could shoot the ball, but I think he has more post moves than Cantuan. Mm-hmm. So, when you mentioned being in Panama, so you were obviously traveling with the team, you were a part of that whole experience. I know CJ Hines was on that trip. He did not make the final roster. Well, there was some issues. He was injured. He he was injured. He was injured. Yes, yes, he got injured yeah. in the he got injured in the final practice sessions, I think yeah, it was. And, and it was like because I guess I'd say it was between him and Travis. Those were the two players that it was between. Um, and he got injured, and the coaching staff said, well, we're going to take both players and make the decision when we get there. So it was pretty much they, they got there, and he was just like, well, they went to practice. They saw he wasn't running well, and they were just like, well, we got to go with someone who's healthy because it's a five-day turn. You know, you're playing five games as opposed to one game. Again, this is my problem. Why is it even a decision? Travis, Travis Munnings... <laughs> is one of the best players in the Sun Belt Conference. Travis Munnings is putting up... I don't... I guess I need them to explain it to me because I don't get it because if I look at those two names on a list, I just go automatically Travis and... Oh, no, Travis definitely... And the crazy thing is, it's um, when you get to that next window, you think we're Cleveland right now, is like a new expansion team's coming in and they're going to have a draft. <laughs> and everyone's going to be new. So out of our guards, the only one that plays professionally is Mike. Mike. Mm-hmm. And I think that Mike would be the only one who makes the next window. Good times. All right, let's go to the wing. You got uh, Shivano Cooper currently playing in Mexico, former Palm Beach Atlantic University. Uh, he just graduated like a year ago. I think this is his first year yeah. playing, first well, year playing pro. Cantuan, like we mentioned, he's currently playing in Slovakia. Was Shivano the one who dunked? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he was like a first video. David Nesbitt, uh, currently playing in Brazil at the moment. David vote for him for the All Star game. Yeah, in he's he's always a staple on national teams. 
And joining the list of the wings. The LeBron James of Summer of Thunder. The Summer of Thunder legend. Eugene Bain. Every team that comes to Summer of Thunder, I feel like they get the advanced scouting report because they are afraid that Eugene Bain is going to go all Summer of Thunder Jordan on them. And he does every time. But the list of these guys on the wing... um, Ken, so, should, ha- having Ken Tuan, I think, changes everything. Yeah, Ken Tuan is a great addition. That's a 6'8 guy who could play the 2 to the 4. You could put him at the 5 if you have to for spurts. I mean, think of this. If Joel Anthony's on the court, Ken Tuan could guard him. I mean, if Joel Anthony's on the court, I feel like you could guard him. Yeah, so I'm just saying. You may not be able to rebound over him, but you can no, guard no. Joel Anthony. See, he's a better rebounder than me, yeah. and that's a lot to say. I mean, but you could probably box him out, though. I know. Pretty... I gotta write this down. Timestamp. What time is it? <laughs> 4.43 on uh, Tuesday, February 20th. This is the first time you've ever admitted that you can't box someone up. Which is amazing. Yeah. No, you couldn't cup of championships by just doing that. Yeah. Okay. But so, Shivano, if a lot of people don't know, he's a lengthy wing guy. who He could shoot the ball and very athletic. I think he has to improve on the shooting a little. But he's he's one of those. He's I think he's a streaky shooter. But see, I I like that selection just based solely on the fact that, to me, it shows that they're trying to oh, be no. progressive. He definitely is going to make a difference in the game because I think that the energy he's going to bring is just going to be insane because it's going to be his first time playing for it the remi- national team. Reminds you what Travis was in Panama. Yeah, I think I think it shows that except a better shooter than yeah. Travis. Was at the time. Yeah. Travis yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 no. But yeah. I'm talking, yeah, if we're talking about Panama, Travis' shot wasn't there. Yeah. His shot is better at the time. But I think the defensive intensity, Travis would have been better than. But, I mean, it's, you have a 6'6 six, six wing who could guard and he's long. He probably has like a 6'8, six, 6'9 six, wingspan. You didn't pause that. I think, um, I think it shows that they're progressive in the way that they're thinking about the selection process. And you didn't just give the spot to a quote-unquote name. That yeah. you've heard before. Well, like, he is... was on the list from the first window. Right. And he was the last cut in the first window. Right. So they liked him. I know they brought him. They had to send him back to Mexico because he had to go play for his team. But see, a lot of these lower leagues, like you have players like him who want them to go and play for the national team because the competition they play is better. And you know how it goes in these leagues. The higher the stock is, the more they can sell them for modern day slavery. I mean, put it so bluntly. Yeah. I don't know if you could say them kind of things with Black Panther out right now. So David David Nesbitt, you know what you're gonna get out of out of David every time. One of the most consistent players, I think, on the team. Yeah, but he every edition. I he'll tell you too, this last window was his worst ever playing for the national team. Like he played terribly and he'll tell you that. And let's hope that he could play at the ability we know he could play at. He had nine points and seven boards against USVI. Yeah, but he, trust me, he missed a lot of shots too. Like a lot of David shots that go in. But what I'm saying is if that's one of his worst games, him putting up nine and seven, there were a whole lot of people on that roster that did considerably worse than that. Yeah, but that's his worst game. That's the worst that I've ever seen him in a Bahamas uniform down in Canada. Bodes well for us, eh? I guess. You're going to go up here, David. Pause. What's Eugene going to bring to the table? <laughs> 40 points. <laughs> <laughs> 40 points. You yeah. know what? I Look, I actually like the selection 
Like I always, I do too. I always say like I'll, I'll make fun of him, and I'll just be like some of like every time I see him, I, I make fun of him. But I really think that he's gonna be in Kendall Isaacs, and that's his gym, and he's just. I think he's gonna get like sixteen points. The best part, the best part about Eugene, right? The irrational confidence is off the meter. That's like, what's great. That like like here's the thing. Like he will have no frame of reference that I'm playing against the DR and I'm playing against Canada. All it'll be is that I'm hooping. So this is exactly like playing a DW Davis and This is the the best part was in practice. I think he's going for twenty and twenty. The, uh, not maybe not twenty rebounds, but the 11. eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> but the best 18 part in in practice when they are practicing, all Eugene was saying, boy. Wait, why y'all didn't have me in USVI? Would have killed all of them. You don't remember Panama? You don't remember the the best part about this is last week. Guess what Eugene was doing? <laughs> Eugene was playing defensive end for the pros in the Boil Fish Bowl, and now two weeks later, he's going to be playing against uh, the DR and Canada for the FIBA World Cup qualifi- qualifiers. Like you can't write that. Like that's amazing. Yeah, I just want to see who he's gonna look at on the other side of the roster and say chalks everybody anthony bennett <laughs> he's gonna look at anthony bennett you know what's gonna say, be fantastic he's gonna score more than anthony bennett and joel anthony combined yes absolutely that's the hot take we're gonna have many hot takes uh let's go to the front court now of course you got Kino. he's he's the leader of this team he's he's always the the leader of this program i think i think most people would agree with that uh one of three four players we have playing in the french pro b league he had 18 and 8 against uh, USVI. I think we mentioned that earlier. 15 against Canada. So obviously he's a huge focal part uh, of the offense. Jonathan Farrell, his first time playing for Team Bahamas. We couldn't get him last time. Because we couldn't of, get him in window one because of reasons. Yeah, because of reasons, fever reasons. But he is available now for window two. So he'll wear the national team uni for the first time. And if you don't know him, uh, Murray State grad. Currently, they went undefeated. Yeah. They lost in the conference championship game and didn't make dance. They were robbed. Uh, six seven, about two sixty ish, something like that. He's a big dude. Pause. Currently averaging about eleven and a half points, seven and a half boards in the French Pro B League. So you're getting a gamer. And he's a lefty. Oh, can't stop left-handed people. Mm-mm. I did not know that. Oh, you know what I just thought of? Eugene and Pharrell. Jeez. Pharrell. All two lefties? I think he's left-handed. <laughs> Canada he, and No, it's too late. Don't even look it up. Don't yeah. even look it up. We're taking it and run with he's it. Don't, don't even look it up. He's a lefty. Also, but no. Also in the front court, uh, Robert Nortman. He'll make his uh, second appearance with the national team. He played just two minutes against the USVI. Yeah, which is wasn't, ridiculous. And they had eight people. Wasn't a factor. Let me tell you something about Robert. Robert. And one more. before. <laughs> And Christopher Chicken Turquest, like you mentioned, your 2002 Hugh Campbell. I was MVP. there for that game. Yeah. But let me go back to the go Robert Nortman thing, right? When I first met Robert, we shook hands. And. Oh, uh, here you go with this gay story. Yeah. It's, it's, it, let me pause right now. Please pause but, first and then also pause after yeah. at the completion of yeah. the story. He had small hands, pause. Yes. And I was just like, man, a 6 9 pause, yes. dude. With small hands, I don't like that combination. Get, uh, one more pause. pause. Yeah, thank you. All right. thank you. But now he changed leagues. D- did it make his hands grow? <laughs> no, but it looked like he has confidence now. Like, he is out there and <laughs> he almost dunked Kino's head off today in practice. Uh, same hair? Yeah. 
So I really think that they're gonna put him more into the game plan. I think it was more. I mean, Jesus Christ, you gotta play him more than two minutes. Yeah, I think the problem was he wasn't in the game plan, and more of the like. If you think about it, the bigs know each other. Pause. Yeah, that deserves a pause. So I think that he's gonna be more comfortable with the role too, because you know when you're on the team for the first time, you take a step back a little bit. Like, let me make sure that I I I get what you're saying, but to me. One of the easiest transitions in basketball to make is somebody that is just... Even if at the most basic level, you're in there for rebounding and rim protection. Here's a hot take. If that's all you're doing... Four blocks, 15 rebounds. Write that down. I feel like you... Pl- I, I am actually going to write that down. I feel like you're planning on... Uh, based on the numbers you have for Eugene and Nortman alone, you are planning on us out-rebounding the DR by 47 boards. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hot oh. takes. Okay. Are they not hot? I, I mean, geez, incredible. Like I, 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 you're the one at practice. You're the one who's the basketball insider. So I got to ride what you think. We talked about three point shooting. I don't feel like this team has a post presence because even with your bigs, I think Kino is the kind of. He's, he's a tweener. A, he's a tweener. He yeah. plays on the wing a lot. Kind of reminds me like a Paul Millsap kind of game. Yeah. He plays on the wing. Pharrell, he plays inside, but he's undersized. Like we mentioned, he's big, but he's also 6'7". Yeah. I think for uh, if if we're going to have the post presence, his, I think it's his post game is going to be the is going to be key. I don't think we'll have one. Because there were so many times. At, it's funny that the way basketball has changed, you rarely hear people talking about needing or having a post presence, but... That's when you have a whole lot of shooters and adv- an advanced skill set on the wing, which we don't have. So a lot of the times, the only way that team scored easy baskets against the USVI was dumping the ball inside to Shaq. Shaq. Well, we couldn't shoot. Can Pharrell give you the same thing that Shaq gave you against USVI with that 18-8? and eight? Yes. Write that down. Hot take. Yes. Got it. No, I mean... I think that Pharrell, I think he's just a gamer. And I think he's going to come out because he was really, really upset he didn't play last time. I feel like when we tell someone, when we say that someone's a gamer, uh, all that means is they're very, they're like Russell Westbrook. They're very expressive with their emotions on the court. They might fight somebody. I don't think he's going to fight somebody. Remember, he plays in the FIBA league, so he really can't fight in these games. Okay, good. That's why I'm saying like CJ Hines and Ford, they can fight. Because mm. what MPBA could do? Give him a medal? defensively though this team has allowed just 93 points each game i i mean (laughs) they are just letting people run so here's the key if we score more than 93 points we win (laughs) okay i mean how are we going to get to 94 though score 94 Uh, you make shots get offensive rebounds uh, first window, our height was 85. We're, we're doing better than that. I would hope so. Yeah. Okay. But well, no, we need more of a defensive. We need to, to pressure more. Like, you're going to look back. If we don't go through this window, you're going to look back at the first game against USVI and say, how did we lose to eight players? So let's look at who we're facing this window. We mentioned it at the beginning, but we didn't really uh, talk too much about the teams. We're just going to touch on that briefly before we get on out of here. Um, the DR. We 
don't have a lot of size, but the DR has a seven-footer in their front court, Eloy Vargas. Very familiar with him, uh, University of Kentucky alum. So, good luck with that. And you Ching eat him alive. And Luis Montero, who was in the NBA for a brief period of time. So, that's a legitimate talent that you've also got to worry yeah, about. Yeah, that's always the... like. That's something I wish we had. Someone who just had, like... Because you know they were there. They have the bona fides of being there yeah. for that time period. But the, the I don't think that I'm worried about the height too much. I think DR, what the strength is, is their shots. Their the, the mid-range two-pointers. The strength of the DR is that they have a ridiculously good program. and they have Thanks, a, Coach Kale. They have a feeder system for it, and they also have professional leagues, which when you, once you have a professional league in your country, it automatically makes your program exponentially better. Like You don't even have to explain much after that, just that they have a pro league in the DR. That's it. That's it. They've produced NBA players. They produce... A lot of players that play at the D1 level, like you mentioned, 17th in the world. So that story kind of writes itself. Yeah. And we know what Canada has. Canada has, this is probably their, what, their C team. But even their C team has talent. NBA <laughs> talent. Uh, NCAA Division One talent. Brady Heslip shot the lights, lights out geez. against us. He couldn't miss. Like, we were, <laughs> but that, I mean, that, we were at practice today and they were making fun of Abel. And saying, your boy in town, you better guard him. But you should know that, though. I mean, I, I, I understand that I am deeply obsessive about college basketball, but I watched Brady Heslip play at Baylor for years. It's the years. same thing as, as Hodge. And it's he, just like, why Hodge is open all the time in USVI? He could shoot the ball. He didn't miss when he was playing for Baylor either. When I saw him on that list, I said he's going to hit us for at least six, seven threes. Like, I, I knew that because they are going to run sets to get him those shots. Like, we have to know that, too. Canada has Anthony Bennett. He's going to do Anthony Bennett things. Yeah. He wasn't a factor in the first game, no. was he? No. Keno ate him up. <laughs> oh like, he was the number one pick. He was like, the Anthony one and pick Bennett combined for par, like, six points. So that means Bennett got six points. I didn't even put Joel Anthony on the list. Yeah, he did. No. Oh, a- Anthony, Anthony Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. No. I didn't even put him. I didn't even see a comma there. Joel, he's a brethren though. He, he won a couple championships. He come back here to go to suits and try haul at Shawnee. Well, but you know it's going to be crazy. He could be so much Bond, your boyfriend. Friday night, <laughs> Team Canada will be in there. The- oh yeah, because they just play in that one game and then they- ah. no, they play in two games here. USVI is playing both their home games here. Oh right, 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 right. Because of the stadium that. issues. So now what we need Bahamas to do is to come out during the USVI games and boo USVI. Mm-hmm. during their games because we need them to lose all their games. Right. So, okay. I like I like where this is going. So, instead of coming out in support, because it's tough to get Bahamians to come out in support, what are Bahamians good at? We super good at hating. Yeah. So, really just buy tickets and come out to the Kendall Isaacs gym. 6.30 and hate on the USVI. Just to hate on USVI. Like, it'll be USVI against Canada and you don't have to care about who wins. Just come in there just to hate on USVI. Like, yeah. that's all we need y'all to do. Like, do what comes naturally to you, Bahamas. That That's it. And then once they lose all their games, I heard through the grapevines, possibly. Insider information. That USVI might have to play the summer game here. Hmm. So if they play the summer game here, that means we got that freebie okay. home game. All right. Let me, let, me, let me get the schedule together. So the Bahamas plays Thursday. We play DR Thursday. 8 p.m. We- 
8 p.m. ish. Okay, so we come back and we play Canada on Sunday, Sunday right? All right. So who plays? Fr- who plays on Friday? No one plays Friday. Okay, no. so when's the USVI in Canada playing? Same day that the Bahamas plays Dominican, twenty second. The devil, oh, the devil headers. Oh, they're playing on Thursday too. Okay, yeah. what time's their game? Six thirty. Okay, so you can hate from six thirty until eight p.m. Okay, so that's a long time to be in the gym hating. That's good. That's good. I, I like that. And so, and you said Canada is going to be in bond on Friday. Probably because probably the game's Canada, on Sunday. Probably Canada and USVI. So the, no, USVI is staying at Breezers. Maybe DR though. That don't mean they come in there. I know. Wait, Canada get Bond and USVI get Breezes? Canada got, um... I mean, Bahama. Bah- Bahama. Yeah, well, DR got Junkanoo Beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is <laughs> I was thinking they were all going to... I know USVI was going to go Breezes again. This is exactly how... Everyone is going to finish in this window because Canada has Bahamar because Canada and then us in USVI have breezes. Oh, you know what? I lie because DR's basketball program is great. Deserves Bahamar. What a sick. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. Okay, so this weekend, every basketball aficionado in the Bahamas, you have got to be there to support Team Bahamas. We don't have this opportunity much. I know you read about and you listen and you hear about whenever the national team goes off to play. You got an opportunity to see some of the best players. Take a start at $10 for adults, 5 for kids. Whatever it is, they could pay it. These people got money. Um, you don't often get a chance to see them play at home. So please take advantage of this opportunity. Be out on Thursday. Be out on Sunday. Whether it's to support the Bahamas or if you're just there to hate on the USVI because they are our, our tribals. Think about it. If you watch Black Panther, we are T'Challa. USVI is Killmonger. Hmm. So just be there to hate. If not, just be there to root on your team. This has been the accredited. This is the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. We got a lot of work to do this weekend. So we're about to go start prepping right now. All right, I'm not going to tell you what to put on the air. I'm not allowed to tell us what to put on the air.